Tuesday, October 17th. Welcome to the Plus. Welcome back to so many of you. I see so many friendly faces and names and avatars saying good morning to each other. It's a beautiful little community we got going on here. And obviously, it's a big day for the entire Bay Area community because today is an anniversary of a very large event that happened. It is the anniversary of Loma Prieta. 504 tonight is the anniversary of the 89 earthquake, and I won't pretend to talk about it with any authority. I wasn't even in the Bay Area, but my wife was. She was just a little girl, and she remembers it vividly. I know that so many of you have vivid memories of that. Um, a moment of terror, uh, a moment of uh, in incredible rallying around helping those who need it, uh, a moment of tragedy. It was it was a big moment for the Bay Area, to say the least. It changed how people changed lives. It changed the infrastructure of the Bay. Um, it changed a lot of things. So it'd be silly to not acknowledge that this is a very important day uh, here in the Bay Area. And I wish you all the very, very best. And hopefully it's a really long time before anything like that comes back around these parts. Uh, we got some football for you today. We got some Niners news. We got a little baseball to get into, but for the first time in a long time, we start with some NBA basketball in football season, only because kids, we're a week away from Warriors basketball. I mean, say something out loud to get you more excited for a coming season. I dare you. Like, I, I love hoops. I love the fact that uh, so much of my personal conversation with my friends are turning to, you know, Indiana's recruiting, and it's I can feel basketball season in the air. It's like the fall. You can feel it coming. The pumpkins start hitting porches. I can't help but notice that pumpkins are round and orange. So are basketballs. That means it's almost time. I'm ready. Um, this is going to be one hell of an experiment for the Golden State Warriors. And I'm telling you right now, the best way to approach this season, if you're a Warriors fan, is to not focus on the destination, but to focus on the process and see where the process takes you. Because if it's all championship or bust or I won't be happy, I don't know if you're going to be happy with this season. I don't know if the Warriors are honestly going to be champions. I wouldn't count the Warriors out of that equation either. This is going to be a fascinating basketball season, and there are going to be there's the large overall experiment to watch, and then there are all these little experiments happening around the lab of the Golden State Warriors, and how they all turn out is going to go into whether or not this season turns out the right way. First of all, Steve Kerr's got to be thrilled. It feels like all precincts are reporting that the Warriors got a unified locker room again. That obviously wasn't the case last year. Right around this time, you had Draymond Green hitting Jordan Poole. I'm, I'm sure that anniversary is coming up soon, too. But it was right around this time where a smooth start to the year was anything but a smooth start to the year. And I don't know if the Warriors ever recovered from that. Well, whether it be Draymond's attitude because of Jordan Poole or Jordan Poole making attitudes wrong, those two are no longer in the same room, which means the room is now officially more connected, if I can borrow a, a phrase from Steve Kerr, uh, than it was last year. Steph Curry, obviously the greatest warrior of all time, 
could be his last go around with his backcourt mate, Clay Thompson. Um, that right there means you should be leaning into this season because this is a historically significant backcourt. Now there's also a chance that Clay might get a contract extension in the next week or two. We will see, right? It, well, probably not week or two. This week, it would have to happen before the season started. But is Clay either at the last chapter with the Golden State Warriors or is he in the beginning part of the final chapter of his career? Are you telling me there might be a scenario where Clay Thompson in a walk year with the motivation, with all the time back now and 100 games played since coming back from catastrophic injury, are you telling me that Clay Thompson might have one of his best years ever? I'm telling you it could happen. Who knows? It's a big wait and see. I know everybody's a little older, therefore a little bit slower, but Clay had one of those really weird years last year that might be less weird this year and even more so like a really good year for Clay Thompson. I could see that. I could also see it being the beginning of the wheels kind of falling off. I mean, Father Time is undefeated in this league, but this is going to be such a fascinating just experiment within a larger experiment to keep an eye on. What is Clay Thompson's year like? Does he get extended before the year? Motivated to play without a contract? I mean, it's of course he would be. Um, Draymond Green. What's Draymond going to do this year? Is he going to go back to being the floor general, the great teammate who sets the tone in fantastic fashion with a defensive attitude that permeates every game the entire year? I really hope so. The Warriors can't have what they want without Draymond Green returning to your single best memories of what Draymond Green was with this team. Can he do it? Absolutely. Will he do it? We have to wait and see. You know, Draymond unites us. Draymond has the power to divide us. And that's the fans talking. He has the same power in that locker room. So what kind of leader and what kind of tone Draymond is setting for this year is going to go into the gumbo of how this all turns out. If the Warriors really are going to be a true like championship contender, Andrew Wiggins needs to have an all-star caliber type of year. Andrew Wiggins has to be the fully realized everything they want, not resting on a ring, happy to got extended, but Andrew Wiggins has to be Hungry, nasty, playing hard, Andrew Wiggins. And we know that it's not in his nature to be nasty, but he needs to be impactful. It can't be a wear beige and blend in year for Andrew Wiggins and think that the Warriors are going to finish in the top four in the Western Conference. That's not going to happen. He has a huge year and more responsibility to be an engine every night for the Warriors this season than even in seasons past. Kevon Looney. Here's what I love about Kevon Looney. We've officially reached the stage of Kevon Looney where the only thing Kevon Looney needs to do is show up. We, we depend on Kevon Looney. They depend on Kevon Looney. Every, you can set your watch according to Kevon Looney's uh, just ability to be out there every single game, doing what he does night in, night out. That is a made man all the way through. Mr. Dependable Kevon Looney. The last Golden State Warrior I'm ever going to worry about is you, brother. 
Siri, I am not worried about Kevon Looney, not a scotch, not an iota. I know exactly who he is. I know what he gives to this team every night. And if he's in the lineup, you get the Kevon Looney that you've come to know and love. Uh, Kevon Looney is a made man in this town. And then we get to Chris Paul. I don't know what to expect. I don't know what to expect with Chris Paul. This is going to be fascinating. I've never even thought of rooting for Chris Paul. I've never thought of pulling for Chris Paul. I never even occurred to me that what he does on a basketball court will be done for the benefit of a team that I care about. Never even thought of that. But here he is. I mean, he's definitely the world's oldest new guy. And he is new guy to the Golden State Warriors. Chris Paul's never made a team worse. As he gets older, that continues to be a truth. Chris Paul has never made a team worse. Is he seriously going to go out there and convert Warriors fans one night at a time, one game at a time? Is the Bay Area going to take Chris Paul into its heart for the first time ever? Is that about to happen? I don't even know what that looks like. What does that look like? What, how do you root for Chris Paul? Did, did, did someone leave like an instruction manual on how that's done? What's the relationship going to be between him and Draymond Green? Because I could see how the two of them turn into like best friends who are doing in karate in the garage like in Step Brothers, or you know, not be spirit animals, be the opposite of that and kind of grind each other's gears all, you know, what happened between Draymond and Chris Paul. I I'd like it's either going to work out great or not. I mean, th there's really no in between. There's not a lot of gray area with those guys. Um, it's going to be fascinating. You know, how does he compliment the starters? How does he run that second unit? H however he gets used. Is he going to be comfortable getting used within the way the Warriors have identified the correct way to use him if he disagrees with that? Is he going to go along for the ride? Will a future Hall of Famer really allow himself to be steered by a team full of future Hall of Famers who have won more than he has? If he's smart, which I do believe he is, he will. It's going to be really interesting. Really, really interesting to see how this all goes down. Kaminga. I want to talk about Jonathan Kaminga. The Warriors will always be the total of their starters. Whatever their starters are doing are who the Warriors are. It's on Steph, Clay, Dre, Wiggins, Looney. It's on them. Chris Paul, even, he gets put in that mix, sure. It's on the big boys to determine where this season goes. But first in line amongst the others, in my mind, is Jonathan Kaminga. If at the end of this year, you're having a disappointed conversation about Jonathan Kaminga, I bet you it's a disappointing year for the Warriors. And on the other side of that coin is, that was an outstanding year from Jonathan Kaminga, and watch it turn into an outstanding year for the Golden State Warriors. The leap that Kaminga takes in year three, I think will walk hand in hand with Warriors' ultimate expectations. If he isn't everything they hoped that he could be, I don't think this season could be everything that they hoped it can be. Kaminga is no longer 
a sidecar Golden State Warrior. He is on the main motorcycle, and he's not steering it, but he will affect the balance of the guys on that main motorcycle. Jonathan Kaminga will either be the reason the Warriors win four more games than you thought they might or lose four more games than you thought that they would. So Kaminga's progress this year is just massive for what the Warriors want to be, what the Warriors want to do. Then you got the Rooks, Brandon Pajemski and Trace Jackson Davis. It feels like anything they give the Warriors has to be identified as gravy. We don't expect a lot from rookies. I do think we are getting hints that these rookies can contribute. Uh, Pajemski has looked a lot better in NBA preseason than he's looked in summer league. He's looked under control. It looks like he's allowed the speed of this game to catch up with him. And he is familiar now and more comfortable on the court. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis always looks comfortable on a basketball court. He has not been overwhelmed. I think he's going to pick his right moments and do what the Warriors need of him. I really like the way these two rookies could fit into this year. The fact that it's Gary Payton the second for a full year, that needs to make this team a better defensive team on that alone. Um, Gary Payton the second was someone who was on the verge of becoming a, a very important Golden State Warrior. Then he leaves, then he comes back, hoping to bring back a very important Golden State Warrior. He was never right, he was never healthy, and he was hardly out there. It's like we hardly got to know him again. So a reunited feeling with Gary Payton II will feel more like he's back on the team this year than last year, certainly. And then Dario Saric. What is Dario Saric going to be on this team? What is Rudy Gay going to be on this team? I'm excited to see this basketball season. It begins a week from today, next Tuesday. It's Warriors and Phoenix Suns and Kevin Durant at Chase Center with fans in the building for the first time since that building's been built. I'm ready. I am ready. I love me some hoops. Absolutely love me some hoops. I am very excited about the coming Warriors season. So we got to talk some, some football, right? It is football season. Football's the biggest sport in the world. The reason why my channel's been blowing up this month is because of football for real. Um, 49ers fans got good news about Debo and Trent Williams after some injury scares in Cleveland. Still don't know what to tell you about Christian McCaffrey unless something has come across the wire in the last 15 minutes since I've started this show. Uh, I don't know what's going on with McCaffrey, which means I would absolutely lead, just lean into precaution with that guy. Uh, classified as day-to-day -day are Debo and Trent Williams. That is the NFL equivalent of a pat on everyone's head telling us that they're going to be okay. That's really good news. Really good news. Trent Williams, Debo are day-to-day. -day. Christian McCaffrey, according to Nick Wagner, uh, says that his situation is a bit more tenuous. The Niners await further information before offering a diagnosis and a timeline to return. Asked whether McCaffrey could be in position to play through the injury with the use of a flak jacket. Uh, the, the, the 49ers have basically said it's still a wait and see. It went from oblique to oblique slash rib. So... What's the deal with McCaffrey? 
Here's the way I would approach it, knowing nothing. With zero results of the MRI, uh, even if McCaffrey has a he's cleared to play, you know what I would do? I would sit him no matter what against the Vikings on Monday Night Football. I really would. Even if the doctors say he's ready, even if he says he's ready, you don't need anything lingering. And I don't think you need Christian McCaffrey to beat the Minnesota Vikings on Monday Night Football. I don't. I think you get Mason, Mitchell, and uh, uh, Davis Price just up and ready all week, and you just pound into those guys' heads. This is your week, fellas. So pay attention. Be ready to go and practice all week because your number could be called at any time. Um. If he's good to go, I would sit him anyways. Extra precaution is the right way to approach any Christian McCaffrey injury because he is not needed to beat the Minnesota Vikings. He will be needed in a postseason. You go ahead and lose to the Minnesota Vikings. If that tells me I get a healthy Christian McCaffrey later on in the year with no lingering effects of any of this, I'll 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 give you a win to the Minnesota Vikings. He is so important. To any grand designs that the 49ers have, you can't be messing around with Christian McCaffrey. Caution, caution, caution. Precaution is what I would be using for Christian McCaffrey. Some good news. Uh, Dre Greenlaw is expected back on the practice field this week. That's great news. Forget about good news. That's great news. So that hamstring injury, which lingered, hopefully is behind him. Hamstrings linger. They tend to linger. But if he's ready to get back out on his field, maybe last week and not playing him in Cleveland was the precaution needed to get him right. I'm uh, I'm very excited about the 49ers. You should be excited about the 49ers. I realize that there have been 48 hours of anxiety since the loss to Cleveland. Uh, I'm calming you down. Larry, who's well-informed, is calming you down. You should be calm. I'm going to tell you right now that the 49ers have dropped in some power rankings by media companies who don't affect what's really going on. They're just trying to create conversation. Uh, In Las Vegas, the 49ers have not fallen out of their favorite to win the Super Bowl position. Uh, I believe they're going off at 4-1 to still which is they're, they're the betting favorite to win the Super Bowl. So even with the loss to Cleveland, nothing has changed there. Nothing should really change in your mind either. Uh, that was a, just a weird game, an odd game, a game full of failure, a game full of poor execution, a game full of great Browns defense. You got to give the other team credit. You got to give Schwartz credit for having Kyle Shanahan's number for sure. Um, and look, I've done multiple videos, put them out on the channel, done a short, done a video, uh, used some stuff that Larry and I did from 49ers Wake Up, just trying to say I'm not blaming the referees, but the referees absolutely had a hand in the negative outcome. The war, excuse me, not the Warriors, the 49ers did enough to lose that game without the officials. With the officials, They almost had no shot. And that's not me. I know some people quickly, you know, oh, where are you from? The Bay Area? You must be a homer. You must be some Niner fan. You know, you're blaming the refs. So if you're familiar with my career, 
you know that I don't do a lot of let's blame the officials broadcasting. It's not who I am. I believe that when a team has a boatload of its own mistakes to point at, you can talk about the officials, but blaming a loss squarely on the officials is nonsense in my mind. However, um, this is not me. This is Jimmy Trana, who writes for Sports Illustrated. He's an East Coast guy. Yeah, I don't think he gives a rip about the 49ers one way or the other. He wrote in Sports Illustrated, the worst kind of problem is one where there's no solution. And I don't know what the answer for NFL having atrocious officials is, but it's a major issue. I don't want to say the refs cost the Niners a game on Sunday since their kicker missed a game-winning field goal on the final play, but the refs couldn't have helped the Browns any more than they did. Not my words. This is an impartial observer. For starters, a shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder hit was called unnecessary roughness, and there was a defensive holding call on Ward that just had no defensive holding anywhere around it. He didn't even get into the could have been, might have been, should have been fumble that I've been talking about. And he goes on to point out that it's it's not just Damon Bruce and Larry Kruger and 49er fans saying that those officials stunk. It's not just Jimmy Trana from Sports Illustrated, but he went right back to the broadcast itself. Here's how those bad calls were for Greg Olson. He criticized each one of them. And then Fox Rules expert Dean Blandino said that both calls were wrong. You go back, you look at rules experts. How often do you hear them saying flat out they got that wrong? He said that twice about an officiating crew that had a lousy day in Cleveland and no official supposed to help a team win a football game, but they're not supposed to hurt a team's chances either. And I mean, there's evidence that those referees hurt the 49ers chances. And it's not evidence being offered up by anybody on the West Coast. The broadcasters themselves, Dean Blandino, Sports Illustrated writers are saying, in a weekend full of bad officiating, that Niners game, it took the cake. So there you go. It's not just YouTubers, not just broadcasters, not just guys who base their careers in San Francisco complaining about officials. Everyone who watched that game, including the officials who watched that game, thought that it was a poorly officiated game. So there you go. It's not just me. It is not just me. What I would like just you to do is think about getting a sandwich from Ike's today for lunch. Have you made lunch plans? You should make lunch plans and you shouldn't plan anything other than getting a sandwich from Ike's today. I love Ike. He cares about feeding people. And the bigger his stores get, you know, normally when there's growth, people take an eye off the product in the name of grow, not Ike. The more stores he opens, I swear to God, the better his sandwiches get. Find out for yourself. Download the Ike's Reward app. Start earning free sandwiches by eating sandwiches. Why you wouldn't do that, I had no idea. So download that Ike's Reward app. You'll be happy that you did. You can arrange delivery from all around his locations, and there's probably one near you that delivers to you. So check it all out. Get yourself a sandwich at Ike's. How are you going to pay for things? Maybe with all that money, you're winning from BottomLineBets.com. And I told you that I was going to talk to my man, Stefan, about being generous one more week. And he's going to be. 
I hope you took advantage of your free day of handicapping. I've got another promo code to get you the same thing this week. The promo code is Bruce, B-R-U-C-E. B-R-U-C-E gets you a free day of handicapping. I know for a fact that he went 3-0 on his delivered bets on Sunday. I know for a fact that he went undefeated last night with the bets that he made around Monday night football and the baseball playoff games that went on. My man Stefan is red hot. If you are not above the, on this on board this train, I, I don't really know what you're waiting for because the ticket is free. It's free to ride if you use promo code Bruce at bottomlinebets.com. It's a lot like Ike sandwiches. Don't take my word for it. Try it yourself. You'll be sold on the sandwich. You'll be sold on my man, Stefan, hottest handicapper in America. Bottomlinebets.com. Use promo code Damon for a free day of handicapping this week. Daily, monthly, and weekly uh, subscriptions available for you. Uh, the full year can also be yours over at bottomlinebets.com. We will hop into Club Plus here in a second. We got some other things to get to. AJ Cruz saying, man, I was washing dishes. Harper, 830. I was only two years old talking about the earthquake. Look at Albert. Look, by the way, look at how, look at how young my audience is here. I was one and a half years old. I don't think I understood it until later in my adult life how big it was. Yeah, you don't have any perspective when you're one and a half. Of course not. Uh, the earthquake kits, we had to have them in the school. Look at it this way. My wife, a San Francisco native, uh, when we moved into our home, one of the first things she got for us was an earthquake readiness kit. It is upstairs. It's in the front closet. I know where it is. She knows where it is. The kids know where it is. You know, all the stuff that you might need. Should we get another one of those? I was born in 92, Damon. I didn't expect the big quake. Nathaniel Richards saying, man, I'm never, ever going to forget about that. I was 11 years old, saw the streets rolling like an ocean wave. Wally, Ma, uh, Wally Lama, me and my mom couldn't get back inside after the earthquake. We sat inside all, sat outside all night and, uh, and passing out PB&Js. It's amazing the stories of how the community rallied. It really is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful how the way the, the community rallied around each other, making people happy, uh, trying to help each other. Um, the stories are incredible from that moment in time. And what a moment in time it really was for the Bay Area. Lots, lots of, lots of memories coming across here. All right, a little bit more from baseball. And then I'll tell you about the cool T-shirt that I'm wearing today. Bruce Bochy's two wins away from another World Series appearance. Ooh, sip of the day. There it is right there. Right there. I made a, I made a pot of coffee a little late today, so this was really hot. I knew I had a little waiting to do. It's perfect now. Yeah. I hope you took the over today. I don't even know what the under was. Oh, there's my buddy Ike. He's in here. He wants to talk hoops. He's like, ah, forget about the sandwiches. Let's talk Warriors. That's why I love you, Ike. Seriously. Let's see how they gel. Indeed. Let's see how it all comes together. Let's see how these flavors marry. If I can use restaurant terms. 
Bruce Bochy's two wins away from a World Series appearance. The next three games, by the way, are in his own home ballpark. No manager has ever won three LCSs with three different clubs. Bruce Bochy's two wins away from adding that feather to his Hall of Fame cap. The Rangers took two off the Astros. They scored four runs in the first last night. They hung on for a 5-4 win in game two of the ALCS. Game one of the NLCS went to the Phillies. Um, I mean, it's it, it that place is the best atmosphere I think I've ever seen for postseason baseball. Those fans get up on their feet and they don't sit down all game. Uh, Bryce Harper hits a 420-foot home run on his 31st birthday on the first pitch of the series that he saw. Kyle Schwarber took Zach Gallen deep on the very first pitch of the game, and then four plays later, or four pitches later, I should say, you had Harper going deep. Uh, Castellanos went deep last night. Schwarber's fourth leadoff home run in the postseason, moving him past Jimmy Rollins and Derek Jeter for the most in baseball history. He went to Indiana. The Phillies have won 10 in a row at home in the postseason. 10 in a row now at home in the postseason. Uh, Zach Wheeler was really good. And man, I'm just going to tell you, the Phillies got that look. For the first time in the postseason, the Diamondbacks were handed a defeat last night. They'll go with Merrill Kelly against Aaron Nola in game two of the NLCS tonight. But that's certainly worth keeping your eye on. I know a lot of you A's fans saw Trevor May ripping John Fisher. I had a lot of people share that video with me on Twitter, and I want to talk about that right here and now. Oakland A's relief pitcher Trevor May ripped into John Fisher while also announcing his retirement on Twitch, one of the many homes of the Damon Bruce Show. YouTube, Twitch, download the podcast. It's all available to you. Trevor May is our hero. I wish Trevor would have said this when he was still playing or when the season was going on. But you can't say this about your owner when you're playing. You can't. He said, sell the team, dude. Sell it, man. Let someone who actually like takes pride in things that they own own something. There are people who actually give a shit about this game. Let them do it. Take mommy and daddy's money somewhere else, dork. End quote. Mwah. Trevor May, where have you been my whole life? He said, and I still continue to quote him, if you're going to be a greedy fuck, own it. There's nothing weaker than being afraid of cameras. Do what you're doing. Uh, do what you're going to do, bro. Whatever. You're a billionaire. They exist. You guys have all the power. You shouldn't have any because you haven't earned any of it. But anyway, whatever. He went on to praise fans. He went on to say that the A's fans who did show up and support the team meant so much to the team. They knew every single one of those players that the absence of fans had nothing to do with them or the season that they were having, but had everything to do with turning your back on an owner who has turned his back on an entire community. Trevor May for president. Man, I loved what he said. This guy played nine years of Major League Baseball. He was with the Twins. He was with the Mets. So, you know, he saw mid-market baseball. He saw the biggest market baseball. He comes out, he plays for the A's, and he's like, what the hell is this? 
Guy actually finished his career strong, but at 34 years old, he's decided he's hanging it up. And I love how clean he came. Oh, my goodness. Ripping into John Fisher. It was good stuff. Really was. Way to go, Trevor. Another baseball-related story that we got to get into today's show. Have you seen the SF Gate story about Gabe Kapler and all the cameo videos that he did? I mean, there's not, let, let me put a few facts on the table. There's not a single cameo video that Gabe Kapler shot that affected any game he managed. There's not a single group of cameo videos that Gabe Kapler produced that had anything to do with this team not being focused or anything like that. It's not like he was filming these things in the dugout, not paying attention to the game. He was doing it on his free time. And there's been enough kicking in the teeth, rightfully so for some reasons, of Gabe Kapler. We're not doing that again. But the whole journey through this cameo expose in SF Gate is just is fascinating. All season long, Kapler was making a little extra cash by recording videos on cameo. I mean, this is something that Jillian and I are considering doing. You know, do you think we'd get away with charging 25, 50 bucks a pop for people saying, you know, Damon popping in saying happy birthday or whatever you'd want me to? I don't know. I don't know, maybe, but we're considering it. But I'm a guy who just got laid off. I'm not making millions of dollars a year as a major league manager, but you know, hey, making a little extra money on the side sounds good to everyone. So Gabe Kapler, uh, he got into Cameo, and he didn't get into Cameo a little. He got into Cameo a lot. The now former Giants manager has been one of Cameo's top baseball celebrities in terms of volume of responses out of nearly 460 people in the baseball category. Gabe Kapler is one of only 24 with more than 250 reviews of their videos as of publication. He was charging $225 a video. $225? For Gabe Kapler? I mean, is he is he taking a shirt off like Magic Mike? Did did women get to say, "Let me see your abs"? Is that what's going on? Now I watched a few of these videos, and all of them, I'll tell you, most of them were like him on his bike or walking around San Francisco. That guy loved San Francisco. He really did. He embraced the city. It didn't quite embrace him back, but he also embraced the amount of money that he could charge after things started going very well after that 107-win season. By the way, I see a lot of people, they're hitting like buttons, they're giving, you know, smash that like button, love, love, love all the way around. A lot of talk about Chris Paul. The first super that I see of the day, I, I miss these. I saw Aaron Rivera, by the way, I saw your super yesterday when the, the show was over. Thank you very, very much, Aaron. And I want to say thank you from T from the 203. This in-season tournament happening this season, do you see people changing their philosophy with roster construction? I don't even know. I, I don't even want to talk about the importance of the in-season tournament. It'll be this fun little distraction, I guess, but it's so complicated and convoluted. Like there's a, I, I watched a, a like a four minute long Richard Jefferson explaining how it all works. And I tuned out like halfway through it. I'm like, I don't care. I'll figure it out as it goes along. 
Anyways, T, thank you very, very much. I, I, I don't think there's... Look at it this way. The roster's constructed. I don't think it had anything to do with the in-season tournament, but how they play, whether they rest guys, what do I don't I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to care about something that is manufactured. But sure, you know, we'll get into it while it's happening. Oh, this is a game that counts twice, sort of. It's a regular season game, and it's an in-season tournament game. All right. Anyways, T from the 203 got me off my Gabe Kapler segment. Let me get back into it. Reviews for Kapler start around the summer of 2020, which is the same time Archives Wayback Machine has the first 11 screenshots of Kapler's cameo page. Those screenshots reveal how Gabe Kapler raised his cameo prices over time. Back in July of 2020, he was charging $45 for a video. Then it jumped to $65 that August, then $75 in May, up to $80 on September 24th of 2021. Once the Giants finish off their stunning 107-win regular season, Kapler's price for cameo videos skyrocketed. On October 7th, he was charging $125 per video. His price continued to rise over the next two years, reaching $150 in 2022, $175. By December of 2020, he was trying to you know, profit off that Christmas rush. Not exactly clear when he started charging $225 a pop, but there you go. The new price means that Kapler is currently changing more or charging per video. He's currently charging more per video than eight baseball Hall of Famers. It is more expensive to get a cameo video for Gabe Kapler than it is from Ryan Sandberg, John Smoltz, Eddie Murray, Tim Raines, Tom Glavin, or Edgar Martinez, Paul Molitor, or Andre Dawson. He charges the same price as Johnny Bench. Those guys are Hall of Famers. The other guy's Gabe Kapler. Say what you will about Gabe Kapler coming across as disingenuous, someone who rubbed people the wrong way. He's got 97% success rate. He's earned a 4.96 star rating out of five over 252 reviews. People enjoyed their Gabe Kapler cameo videos. I'm glad he charged enough for them. I saw some comments like, no wonder why the Giants weren't. Look at it this way. I don't think Gabe Kapler had much to do with anything that you really saw. He was just running the Farhan plan. And based on interviews so far, the Farhan plan is still going to get run. One more baseball note. One more baseball note for you, and I thought that this was fascinating. And this is integrity, which is rare these days, right? Jeff Passan reports that the Miami Marlins, they wanted to hire a president of baseball operations to be working over Kim Ng, even though she built a playoff team this year. And the 54-year-old highest-ranking woman in major men's North American professional sports, the Marlins hired her in 2020 as their GM, She's the first female GM in baseball, football, basketball, or hockey. There was a mutual option for 2024. They extended it to her. She declined it. 
She met with uh, Marlins owner, Bruce Sherman, and said, Last week, Bruce and I discussed his plan to reshape the baseball operations department. In our discussions, it became apparent that we were not completely aligned on what should it, it should look like, and I felt it best to step away. What? I love it. Someone with integrity. This is my show. I'm running it the way I want to. You're going to put somebody above me? I'm out. Folks, that's integrity. And I don't know, uh, the the one woman general manager in sports retires with more integrity than I bet you a lot of her contemporaries sit around and take a deal you know, to keep the title and the paycheck of GM, even though their actual ability to make autonomous decisions could be diminished. A lot of people will just say, hey, I'll take the money. I'll stay in the role, whether I still have the same amount of power or not. Look at the integrity on Kim Ng. I, I'm impressed. I really am. Cheers to Kim Ng. That's who the Giants should man. That they Get rid of Farhan. Bring her in. Right up until last night, Kimming was probably the most famous Asian female in all of professional sports. Most famous Asian male being Shohei Otani. It was probably Kim Ng right up until last night where that Charger fan started trending. Did you see that Charger fan, that woman who just went, it's like she had an orgasm. I mean, she went nuts. She went, I've, I haven't seen a fan be into that. It's to the point where she was so, so ridiculously over the top in her joy. I wonder if she wasn't like a plant. I wonder if she wasn't some studio actor that they hired to sit here and play the role of Charger fan that we will cut to. Oh, my God. She's everywhere this morning. I think the San Diego Chargers even used her picture now officially on their official Twitter site. Like she's their new team logo. And she's a better logo than what they came up with when they moved to L.A. So good for her. I don't know if we'll ever know her name, but we'll certainly never forget her Monday Night Football debut. Are you ready to hop in? Let's pick things up in the chat. Ready? That means it's officially time for... Eh. Eh, eh. Oh, before we do that, let me, let me remember how my own show works. Thank you very much for tuning in today. Thank you so much for joining us on a less football than usual during football season show. We had Warriors. We had some baseball to talk about. Before you go anywhere, let me just tell you about this T-shirt that I'm wearing. This T-shirt is the Golden Gate Gales who played in Candlestick in 1967 as part of the shortly-lived United Soccer Association. This is a defunct logo that you won't find anywhere but at Jax. Let me tell you about Jax. Jax is the coolest t-shirt store in San Francisco. If you can't make it to their actual brick and mortar on Chestnut Street, you can order off of jaxsf.com. J-A-C-K-S-S-F.com. Two S's. Use promo code DamonBruce10 when you check out. Cool t I love this t I hate soccer. I love this t-shirt. It reminds me of Hartford Whalers a little. This cool. Oh, well, here, let me get the I, I sorry, Paul Hansen. He says, I can't believe it's been 34 years since the quake. Keep on keeping on, Damon. The show is great. Well, thank you very much, Paul. I appreciate that. Here, let me let me take this down though. So you can see the t-shirt. It's awesome. 
The t-shirts are so comfortable. They're so well-made. They feel great. They, uh, they're, they're great. They're great t-shirts. I love being a partner with Jax. Uh, check it out yourself. Use promo code DamonBruce10 and get 10% off when you do it either. Well, I think you can do that in person and you can certainly do it on the website as well. True blue forever. Oh, no, wait a minute. Hold on. Wait. So there you go. I told you about Jax. I'm happy that I told you about Jax. I'm happy that you tuned in today. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being a part of the YouTube channel. Thank you for being a part of Twitch if you're watching over there. Thank you so much uh, for downloading the podcast and being a part of us over there. It means so much. Your support has been overwhelming this month, particularly. Uh, thank you. It means an awful lot. And I'll leave you with this, that sports don't build character, they reveal it. And like that, whew, he's gone.